Empire. Gaming is advancing. Parlay presentation combined with, um, you know, that kind of live prop betting, um, like, you know, on, on, on TUS or like, like NBA, and surface supplementary data to back up, um, you know, those betting opportunities in terms of, you know, game statistics, player statistics, uh, streaming. That's Patty Casey, co-founder of The Unit who is building software for the latest innovation in iGaming and gambling. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. It has now been five years since the Supreme Court allowed states to decide for themselves if they wanted to legalize sports gambling. In some places, it remains illegal, and in others, it's still nascent. And our conversations here often show that American bettors have different desires in their platforms than a more mature market like Europe. Our guest this week is Patty Casey. He's the co-founder of The Unit, which is a software development company based in Ireland, which builds innovative products and solutions for the sports betting and iGaming sector. We're going to talk about betting in Europe and betting in the U.S. markets and see where the differences lie. Hi, Patty. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Bam. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Uh, let's talk a little bit about The Unit first. Um, what do you guys do? Um, so The Unit, yeah, we've been around since... 2017, um, working predominantly in regulated markets in 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 Europe, so Ireland, the UK, uh, some European countries, um, and I suppose our business is split into 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 two avenues. So one, uh, digital marketing. So we have a um, an SEO team, social media management team, uh, team that manages PPC across uh, across Google and Microsoft Ads, um, and then we have our product development team. Um, and that that's managed out of out of Ireland, and we have I think maybe 42, 42 developers between um, the Ukraine and Kishinev in uh, Republic of Moldova. So um, working on lots of cool stuff at the moment, um, and uh, you know clients clients popping up from you know we're doing some work in South Africa, we're doing some work in Canada, North America. Um, you know, different states around the US, um, Ireland, the UK, um, and, and some in Africa as well. So, so um, you know, more than a couple of years, uh, but, um, you know, grateful to be working with some, some really good customers. Uh, I don't want to get off topic, but since you did mention you have a number of programmers in Ukraine, um, has it been difficult to do work? What is happening in that part of the world right now? Yeah, I mean, the, the disruption, in fairness, has been has been um, limited. Um, you know, for for example, you know, if we're doing some some demos or retrospectives or you know planning sessions, there have been occasions when you know some guys haven't been able to haven't been able to join to join calls because they might be in a bunker, for example. Um, so, uh, and you know, working closely with 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 our colleagues there kind of really brings really brings home how how. How serious that situation is there, um, and can be. Um, you know, we see it on we see it on the news and stuff. And we just uh, you know we make assumptions or, or, or whatever. But um, you know, those guys are fantastic. The work ethic is incredible. 
outdoor approach to life is incredible. And, and even be, before we set up the unit, uh, we'd worked with Ukrainian uh, programmers for, you know, since 2009 in Kiev and Lviv on the west uh, of Ukraine. And just, you know, love, love working with Ukrainian people. We'll be, you know, we'll hopefully when things kind of settle down there, we'll, uh, you know, we'll open an office there and we'll continue to support uh, our colleagues there, you know. Okay. All right. Let's get back into the software development um, for gambling and, and iGaming. Um, just broadly, um, can you kind of talk about the maturity of the European markets and what customers want there versus the nascency of the United States market? You already mentioned state to state here um, and what you're seeing customers and betters wanting here. Yeah. So I suppose like so European market, like particularly, particularly the United Kingdom. Um, and like I said, we're based in Ireland, but we we've kind of followed the the kind of UK model. Um, has you know, and I think when you look at um, when 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 sports betting brands had launched in 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 the US, you know, they've kind of followed you know from a technical and, and probably design perspective in order to get the product live following the repeal five years ago. I think we're coming up to the fifth anniversary now. Um, it's very much been a European approach to um. To, to getting product live and and I, I'm not sure that you know that will will continue to work in in the US for example um my view would be that you know it's obviously highly competitive on a state by state basis and and in in small province like um in small province like states so the, the pool of potential customers is quite small um so that lead to higher acquisition costs and I think U.S. customers will demand, you know, cleaner, quicker purchase paths. So, you know, that purchase path being registration, deposit, withdrawal, um, wagering or placing, placing the bet. And less of what Europeans are used to. I think what we're used to here is, um, you know, very traditional navigation, very traditional, you know, placing bets and, 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 um, and making, making wagers on casino and stuff. So I think, Certainly, um, certainly with um, certainly with the states and and those customers becoming more educated, I think their loyalty will be matched uh, to the product experience and and the engagement. And I'll talk a little bit about, about that in a second. And I think um, you know fans in general, sports fans, and and there's a there's a there's a um, a nice tie-in with with sports and and betting and stuff, but. They don't just want to place their bets and sit back, you know. They want to be part of the event, uh, especially with with younger fans who, you know, might be getting their sports information exclusively on social media, for example, on platforms like TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and podcasts like this. Um, so I think certainly in the US, if betting companies are to thrive in in that new environment where millennial sports fans are used to dual screening, well, then they're going to have to adapt to the demands, to new norms in terms of where younger fans are getting information from. And that's going to lead into their, um, their vision for their product and marketing, or they'll risk losing out, uh, especially going back to the highly competitive state-by-state case, where if you look at New Jersey, for example, there's you know maybe 55 or 60 um, operators. I mean, there's, there's no way that was, is, is sustainable. So I think, I think product... Um, would be a key differentiator for for brands, especially for challenger brands outside of your FanDuel, your BetMGM, your 
the DraftKings. Okay. Um, so what about the product itself do you see is going to need to change um, to be competitive? I think, so this is, this is kind of, and goes back to, I suppose, how, how we set up the unit because we've, we've come from, I suppose, operator backgrounds in Europe. Uh, so, so all of our team in, in Ireland, we've, we've worked in commercial marketing and, and product roles for, for, uh, for, for several of the, the tier one European bookmakers. And it's, it's, it's kind of, I, I always say it's kind of, it's kind of three, three pronged. Uh, and I think customer engagement, I think is going to be absolutely crucial. I think then dotted line lead, lead, lead into personalization of, of a product. And then the, the kind of the, the wider product, like we were saying, like dual screening. So the, that kind of, I suppose, second screen experience. And I don't think you can do that without listening to customers and, you know, particularly from a customer engagement. So if we, if we take a step back for a sec, right, um, I think Beck Construct, for example, you know, they mentioned recently in a big press release that acquiring customers is easy. And it, that's probably, probably is easy in terms of, uh, the general life cycle of of a a player in the kind of betting and gaming space, and I think operators they need to think of the betters and the customers as stakeholders, and I think the best operators will listen to them, them being customers, listen to their problems and solve them, which will predominantly be product and UX related, and then they'll capitalize on opportunities presented by those problems. So if you look at so state launches are slowing down um, across across the US. Um, so that's going to, you know, I think I think operators will now need to look at how to improve the product to match uh, the US audience, so less what Europeans are used to. Um, the, the the swelled operator numbers in states versus the number of potential customers in those states. I think will will lead to operators looking at customer engagement and and really um, and 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 really um, and looking at at you know where again going back to the stakeholder piece where um, betters are having issues um, and increasing engagement there will 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 lead to we think higher retention rates. Um, and that leads to greater lifetime value, and um, you know more more bang for 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 the operator book. Um, so, kind of you know we, we like to call it three prongs: so customer engagement, personalization, and then um, and then that product piece. So I would think certainly dual screening in terms of you know I think upwards of seventy percent of millennial sports fans are dual screening while they're watching live sports. So um, I think fans and betters want to be immersed in the action. And if operators can find a way of presenting that in uh, in a in a in a single um, you know second screen dual screen experience, I think that's where um, that's where the real winners will be. But I don't think they can do that without listening to the customers at 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 at, uh, at the very heart of that. Let me ask you about betting options. We've had a number of people on as the, you know, the markets are growing here in the United States and that the better may be different here than it is in Europe based on fantasy sports, uh, daily fantasy options, 
a preference for parlays here and that the menu of options in the United States is different and large and oftentimes not very easy to navigate because of how large it is. is does that kind of all ring true to you? Absolutely. And I think, um, I think e- even in Europe, so I think like how, how products are, are presented uh, European model, and that's what we see in the states. And there's there's there's, uh, there's some nice innovation pieces and, and companies that we're talking. The Voxbet, for example, being one who are trying to bring kind of voice technology to to the market. So um, completely agree with uh, with with all of those bits. And I think um, I think finding a way to surface, you know, parlays in particular, and Fangio have been doing some some really good work there, um, and. Um, I'm bringing that. Like we can, if if you could surface, um, you know, parlay presentation combined with, um, you know, that kind of live prop betting, um, like you know, on 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 key US sports like like NBA, and surface supplementary data to back up, um, you know, those betting opportunities in terms of you know, game statistics, player statistics, uh, streaming, um, you know, I think that would be. Um, um, I would see a, I, w- I would see a, a case for Europeans maybe looking at replicating what the American market um, is doing and will do. And I think that will probably come in the next five or ten years, where you know to get the products live and states live in the US, um, you know states and brands have just used what Europeans have used. And I think as um, as as things start to change in the US in terms of product innovation, um, we'll see that uh, replicated in Europe, I think. Um, when you talk about personalization, what do you mean by that? Like content delivery or like how, how are you how are you viewing personalization in betting opportunities? Yeah, I think um, so. It's, it's amazing, right? Because we speak with with scores of of operators on a, on a monthly basis on, on both sides of the Atlantic and one thing that quite a lot of them struggle with is the marketing technology right so tracking marketing spend behavior and whether the player behavior is you know issues with product and navigation uh, you know heat maps where where users might fall off the journey or fall out of the funnel um, um, and and um what we're kind of saying is, you know, make data driven decisions. So um uh, and then, you know, refine that, rinse that, repeat that. And I think the more educated and loyal betters, I think, will eventually demand personalized experiences based on their behavior. And that kind of ties into the the, the dual screening dual screening piece that we just spoke about and fans getting information from social sites. So, you know, I think based on what fans want and what players want, and I think they will want to feel valued and appreciated and more than just a better. Um, and I think better product experience. So that's, you know, betting opportunities, content, if it's available, um, uh, and, and personalize that at a user level can help meet the expectation where betters feel more than just a better. That kind of ties in as well with that Beckenstock comment that, you know, um, acquiring players is the easy part of the journey. I mean, retention now is where you're going to see a lot of focus, and that will be on, you know, marketing tech 
marketing spend. Um, you might see less of the, you know, Jamie Foxes with with Ben with Beth MGM, for example, and maybe more focus on, um, on 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 tracking and understanding, you know, where uh, where betters are potentially having issues with with the product, um, and um, you know, the ability to customize, I think, is 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 going to be crucial. So, um, so it's kind of you know. Personalized retention, I think, will be crucial for every operator as, you know, the cost of acquisition uh, continues probably to increase. Okay. Let's talk about iGaming for a moment. Um, I want to ask just a broad question about it. Like, where is it right now um, and and where is it going in the next two, five, ten years? Um, Good question. I think think the last last time of, of looking, I think, you know, iGaming we was was regulating live in in I think five states. Um, I think there's a number of interesting bills, um, you know, on a state by state basis now to um, to look at, at kind of regulation in um, you know in different um, in different states. And I think I think those bills on a state by state basis will be interesting. I think as the online sports book share shrinks. On a step-by-step basis, I think operators and going back to the the challenger brands, I think they'll start to prioritise iGaming, uh, and that will feed into into kind of lobbying. Um, I think that there's probably a little bit of reluctance, maybe at this point, in terms of um, you know with responsibility and um, and, um, and 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 you know problem gambling and that type of stuff. So so I get why that. Why maybe I given hasn't taken off as as quickly as as kind of sports books, but um, I would think that in in the next certainly in the next five years we'll 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 see probably between fifteen and twenty states will have maybe legalized I given. Um, okay, um, last thing. Uh, when you're talking to partners, and specifically over here, since the majority of our audience is, is in the United States, what are they looking for? What do they want to build? Um, it's it's a combination actually. I mean, we're having some really cool conversations around you know innovate innovative products at the moment. So, um, you know that that can be anything from like an in play scoreboard for a sports book to, you know, little we call them like like spinny wheels, which are essentially like like you know really really cool um, casino style retention products from you know. From scratch cards to to, to pinballing, um, so I think experience in 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 the marketing uh, product marketing tech side of of kind of sports book and and, and i gaming space um, is something that um, a lot of operators in the states are are um, are, are looking for currently um, and. Yeah, it's just experience in, in the industry. And I think, you know, that will organically happen in the States, you know, over the next co- couple of years. Uh, it's probably a bit of a brain drain, I think, maybe in Europe. Um, I think a lot of Europeans had hoped for California to be legalized so they could go and live over there for a while and enjoy the, <laughs> um, the nice weather and all, all that kind of stuff. But but certainly, you know, experience in sector experience um, is key across, you know, acquiring and retaining players. Uh, but also experiencing um developing uh developing product 
um, whether that's run of the mill, um, you know, standard sports book and casino products or um, or innovation pieces. So a broad spectrum, really, of um, you know, of the softer side, which we would say is marketing and, and design, and then um, you know, the more the more technical side from from engineering and and, and product process. Patty Casey is the co-founder of The Unit. Thank you so much for joining us. On the next Future Sport Podcast, we'll catch up with the founder of the American Cornhole League, Stacey Moore. Oh, it's been amazing. We've, we've continued to, to be on a, on a, on a high-growth um, path. Um, I believe since we, we last talked, we, we made our, our Super Bowl event that was probably a one-time event i believe when we first talked and now it's a it's a full-blown series with with eight events plus a championship event cornhole is growing considerably and we find out what expansion looks like and how technology plays a role in it that will do it for this episode as always the future is now this is the future sport podcast i'm bram weinstein